The Midrash tells us that our matriarch Sarah, Sarah lit candles every Shabbat Eve. And these candles that she lit every Shabbat Eve would burn for a full week until the next Shabbat Eve after she died. She, there was no one to light the candles anymore. Once Isaac married Rebecca, she restored that tradition of lighting the candles. And that's what it means when it says Isaac was comforted when he married his wife after his mother's death. Um, she brought back this tradition to the house. So because of that, we were going to focus today on um, Shabbat candles, which is a very, very important mitzvah, very important commandment, and um, it's important to both know what it's about and understand its power. So the Torah actually does not tell us anywhere to light Shabbat candles. It's not one of our 613 commandments. Rather, it is one of our rabbinic commandments. So in addition to 613 Torah commandments, there are also seven rabbinic commandments that we are <coughs> were commanded to do. Um, these were not, well, one should not make the mistake to think when we say rabbinic commandments that we're talking about modern day rabbis that made some commandment, but were rather all the rabbinic commandments were made within the first couple hundred years of Judaism. So Judaism now is 30, over 3,300 years old. So we're talking about commandments that are about 3,000 years old. So while they did not come directly from God, they did come from the Sanhedrin, from the Supreme Council some 3,000 years ago, that instructed us to do this. And God instructs us to follow um, the rules that the Sanhedrin makes for us. So um, it is a, what we call a rabbinic commandment, but still a very, very powerful thing. It comes from our sages, say, the period of the prophets, or takanat neviyim, a ruling of the prophets. So the mitzvah of Shabbat candles is for everybody to light candles before Shabbat. Uh, while the mitzvah is for everyone to do it, usually one, um, one person in a home is able to light on behalf of everyone there. Not everybody needs to light. Um, traditionally, though, women have been the one to light the candles for the men in the home. Um, why have women been the ones to do it? A couple different reasons given. Either because the women historically have been the ones that have managed the home, and since the mitzvah to be done at home, therefore women, uh, it's their mitzvah, um, as the, um, the Talmud calls it, Karat Habayit, the one that are in charge of the home. Um, or um, the candle lighting um, makes up for the transgression of Chava of Eve, the first woman who ate from the tree of knowledge, and we have a number of different mitzvot, both for men and women, to make up for that transgression. And uh, another reason we're going to talk more about it soon um, is because of the great power that women have in lighting Shabbat candles. Uh, being a mitzvah that traditionally women have fulfilled, the Talmud calls it one of the three unique mitzvot commandments for women, which are, in addition to lighting candles, the mitzvah of mikvah and the mitzvah of challah, separating challah. Challah, challah, separating challah, separating dough um, when we make bread. Um, it's a mitzvah. It's separating challah. It's a mitzvah when we when making bread. It's a mitzvah to separate some of the dough. In temple times, that was given to a kohen. Today, that dough that we separate is burnt, and that's the mitzvah of challah. Well, we'll have to do the class then on the mitzvah of challah. 
So, there are a number of reasons given for the mitzvah of lighting Shabbat candles. One reason given why we should light Shabbat candles is to honor the Shabbat. We light candles as a sign of honor, just as we would if an important guest would come, we would light candles in their honor, or at an important dinner, we light candles. We still, even today, where we have other forms of light, we still light candles at dinners, and so it's a sign of honor to light candles in honor of the Shabbat. It's a mitzvah to honor Shabbat. Another reason is given is for the pleasure of Shabbat, called Oneg Shabbat. In addition to the mitzvah to honor Shabbat, it is also a mitzvah to um, have pleasure from Shabbat or enjoy Shabbat. And so um, we're definitely a lot more comfortable when we are sitting in a lit room than we are sitting in a dark room. And then the third reason given for it is um, peace in the home or shalom bayit. On the simplest level, shalom bayit, peace, peace in the home, means that um, when you have the light on, you don't trip and fall. And so that avoids um, fights in the home, right? Why did you put that in my way? So well, you, that's only going to happen if you don't have lights. You don't see where you're going. But if you have light on, then you won't trip and fall. You won't get upset at anybody. However, on a deeper level, the light of Shabbat candles bring serenity and peace into our home. And so therefore it brings shalom bayit, peace into the home. Regardless of the specific reason for the candles of Shabbat, like all commandments, the commandment remains even when the reason is no longer relevant. So even if you already have lights on in the home, you have a mitzvah, there is a mitzvah, a commandment to light candles, especially in honor of Shabbat. So who lights these candles? So every Jewish adult is supposed to light Shabbat candles. The custom, however, is that the women light it on behalf of the men in their home. A man who is away from his home, um, if he is married, his wife can still light it for, on his behalf in their home. If someone is in a home on Shabbat where someone else is already lighting the candles, even if they are not part of the family, they can join in the lighting. They must verbally ask, um, can I be part of your candle lighting? Now, if a man is alone, though, and does not have somebody else, a spouse or somebody else in the home lighting candles, they should light Shabbat candles. It's a mitzvah not only for women, for, but for men as well. Um, even when there is multiple women in the home, so really only one woman in theory can light it on behalf of everyone. However, the tradition is that the custom is that all the women in the home light Shabbat candles and all of them say the blessing. And it's a custom in many communities that even young girls light Shabbat candles with their mother, starting from the youngest age, as soon as they're old enough to recite the blessing, which is usually at about two or three years old, as soon as they can recite the blessing, they should already begin to light Shabbat candles. So the young girls light one candle or two? I'm going to get that. Very good. So it is best... Where should we light the Shabbat candles? It is best to light the candles in the room where you're going to have your Shabbat meal. If you're eating your Shabbat meal outside the home in somebody else's home or in another place, you should ideally light the candles where you will be eating that Shabbat. However, if you will not be there, you're only going over to the house where you're eating after Shabbat begins, um, it is better to light them in your own home or wherever you are if you're still somewhere else, not in your home, but maybe in somebody else's home, 
or still at work for some reason, or somewhere else when Shabbat begins. Wherever you are, you should still light the Shabbat candles. Now, how many Shabbat candles um, should you light? So, there are varying traditions as to how many candles to light. The most common tradition is for women to light two (coughs) candles. One in honor, why two candles? So, Everything on Shabbat should be doubled. There's a number of reasons why everything on Shabbat should be doubled, but we also have two loaves of bread, that we, two challahs, that we make a blessing with on Shabbat. And that's because um, uh, when, the, uh, when uh, Israel was in the desert and God gave us the manna, we got on Friday, God gave us a double portion for Shabbat. And so because of that, to remind us of that, we do everything double on Shabbat. Um, in addition, when God told us in the Ten Commandments to um, re- keep the Shabbat holy, in the first, the t- Ten Commandments are mentioned twice in the Torah. Once in the portion of Yisro in the book of Exodus, and once in the portion of Ha'etchanan in the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses repeats the Ten Commandments. The first, now there's some variations between the first time the Torah lists the Ten Commandments and the second time. The most significant variation is in the fourth commandment, the commandment to keep Shabbos, to, to keep the Shabbat. The, um, the first time it says, Remember the Shabbat to keep it holy. The second time it says, Guard the day of Shabbat to keep it holy. Which one did God say? Our sages say that when God actually said the Ten Commandments, He said both. Something that it is impossible for a human to say two things at the same time, and is it impossible for a human to hear two things at the same time? God is able to do impossible things. God said both, and we were able to miraculously hear both, both the Zachor, remember, and Shamar, guard. So because there are these two expressions with regard to Shabbat, therefore we do um, a double of everything on Shabbat, and therefore we have two Shabbat candles, uh, we light two Shabbat candles, one for Zachar, remember, and one for Shamar, guard. And so therefore, generally, people should light two. Another reason given is that they correspond to a, um, that the candles correspond to the man and woman, or the husband and wife, and that way a woman is lighting for her spouse as well. The Rebbe encouraged um, that single women um, and young girls who light candles If they are in a home with other people who are lighting two candles already, they should only light one additional candle. So a married woman who lights with others should light two candles. A single woman lighting with others should light one. Uh, Somebody who's alone in the home, or they're the only one lighting in their home, should always light two. Many women light more than two candles. Some have a tradition to light four candles. Uh, my grandmother used to light four candles when we would ask her why. She would say that's what she would say that's what her mother did. Um, some have a tradition to light seven candles. Um, many have a tradition to light one candle for every member of, of the immediate family. So a woman would light for herself and for her children. Um, so whatever number of children she has, she would light one for each child. Um, traditionally, once you start lighting for someone, we don't stop. So 
if someone has a child that God forbid passes away, uh, we continue. We've been lighting <coughs> candles for them. We should continue lighting candles for them as well. Does we that never switch over to a memorial candle then, or no? No, we just continue lighting the same number of candles we always did. Same number of Shabbat candles, they're not memorial candles. Now, when do we light these Shabbat candles? So, candles should be lit, uh, must be lit before Shabbat. It is forbidden to light candles on Shabbat itself. There are 39 prohibitions. We did a class some time ago about those 39 prohibitions. There are 39 prohibitions which are prohibited on Shabbat. And so one of those is lighting fire. We're not allowed to light a fire on Shabbat. So therefore the candles must be lit before Shabbat. Shabbat begins at the moment of sundown on Friday. So the candles must be lit before sundown on Friday. Now, I should note that the way Jewish law measures sundown is slightly different than the way it's generally counted. And so when you see sundown times in the newspaper, it's a little bit off, usually up to two to three minutes off um, from the time that the Jewish time. Usually the Jewish time is actually two to three minutes later, but not necessarily. And that's because of exactly how do you count when, what, how do you define sundown? And that's a debate of, of its own beyond the scope of this class. So there is a tradition, though, in order that if you get too close to sundown, you may risk missing it, especially um, people who tend to be late in everything. So um, the nobody here, of course. So the, so the tradition in most Jewish communities is to light candles 18 minutes before sundown. So when you see the advertised candle lighting time that we put in our weekly newsletter or that we put in our calendars, um, all those, if you get an app for Shabbat candle lighting times, all of those candle lighting times are usually 18 minutes before sundown according to Jewish law, when Jewish law considers it sundown. So if I look at the clock and I say, oh, it's five minutes past what the Jewish calendar says I should light, I can still light. You have up to 18 minutes. You have up to 18 minutes. Yes, Ed. going somewhere for Shabbat, I'm going to get to that in a moment. Very good question. So, um, so yeah, you have up to 18 minutes. I should note, though, that in the, back in the day, at least when it was sunny, they were able to look outside and see when the sun was going down. Uh, we, if you have a pretty flat, um, if it's pretty flat to your west, it's fairly easy to see. Uh, if you live near big buildings, it's somewhat harder to see. Um, and we could do that. We could actually look outside and see if the sun has gone down or not. Do you still see the sun or not? And you should be able to see it. Unfortunately, um, you can't always see it if you're near buildings. Also, um, if there's a lot of smog, um, and that depends very much on the day over here in Los Angeles. If there's a lot of smog, what happens is the smog is very low down as the sun as the sun gets lower on the horizon, you're seeing it through the smog and it gets more and more hazy, yeah. which is why it becomes funny colors. Um, and so it's sometimes you don't see the sun at all. It's still not sundown yet. It's sunny outside. It's still not sundown, but you cannot see the sun because it's very hazy outside. 
um, and that's because of smog. And so you, often we can't see sundown clearly over here. Um, but that's the way they used to do it. We sh I should note that the time that they give you on the, uh, on the calendars are averages. They're not exact. They could be, they're not exact, they're averages um, for a number of reasons. Firstly, they don't know your exact location. Um, they're giving you a general location. And um, now the, in the calendar, it's giving you in the town. Um, it could be a minute or two off. Um, they now have apps that can actually give you based on your actual real location. Um, even then, it could be a minute or two off. Part of that also has to do with sundown is not 100% predictable. Um, it's predictable within a minute or two, but it actually can vary in unpredictable ways. Um, discussion for a different class about sundown, if anyone wants to hear such a class. Um, so, uh, so anyway, it could be a couple minutes off. So one should never wait till the actual end of the 18 minutes. You've got to give yourself two, three minutes. Just remember that time might be. So once you get after 15 minutes after the time advertised, um, I don't think you should light candles anymore. Um, what happens, I should mention, what happens if you do forget to light before sundown? Um, so there is one thing that you can do if you forget to light before sundown. You can ask a non-Jew to light Shabbat candles for you, but you can only do this, you can only do this if it, the, the, you don't yet see three stars. So before three stars come out, and appear known as Ben Hashmashot or twilight, you can ask a non-Jew to light candles for you. Once there are three stars, which is usually about 20 to 30 minutes after sundown, um, then you cannot ask a non-Jew to light for you anymore either. Um, so now how early can you light candles? It's always better to light earlier if you can, but you cannot light too early. The earliest time you can light candles is a time known as Plag HaMincha. Plag HaMincha is a somewhat complicated time to evaluate. Uh, some time ago, not that long ago, about three months ago, we did a class on sizes in Judaism. Do you remember we did a class on sizes of, and we debated whether people got bigger or smaller. Over uh, people, people got bigger or eggs got smaller was the issue that we dealt with over 2,000 years. And uh, we spoke about different sizes, different things. This was a couple back in the summer. And so there's also, there's a lot of complex Jewish laws regarding timing. Um, sunrise, sunset, um, when three stars are visible, and exactly how to calculate all those things. Um, there's many, many books written on these topics for those that are very interested in um, astronomy and the like. Um, so anyway, there is a the earliest time you can light candles is a period known in halacha in Jewish law as plag mincha. How to calculate plag mincha is a little bit complicated. In Los Angeles, it varies from place to place. In Los Angeles, in the winter, it's about 15 minutes before the official candle lighting time. So you have about 50 minutes um, earlier. So candle lighting this past week was 4:32. I think this coming week is about 4.30 or 4.29. Um, so you can, the earliest you could light is about 50 minutes earlier, which would be about 3.40. Earlier than that is too early. In the summer, which is when people really generally want to light early because candle lighting can get quite late. Here it gets to about 8 o'clock um, or um, just after 8. 
is the latest that it can get. Um, in the summer, you have uh, about an hour um, during May to July, which would give you about 7 p.m. would be the, when candle lighting is at 8 p.m. The earliest you can light is then at about 7 p.m. Yes, Donald? When you say candle lighting, is that the 18 minutes before that you publish, or is that the, the 18 minutes before? That published time, so it's, you have. You're getting an hour before that. Yes. Yes. So to clarify, thank you, Don, for asking. Uh, very important to be very clear about this. You cannot light candles after sundown. Um, officially, sundown is 18 minutes before the published time of candle lighting. Um, but do not light candles more than 15 minutes after the published time because the sundown is not always 100% accurate. So up to 15 minutes after the published time, you're okay after that do not light candles anymore. The earliest you can light candles is about 50 minutes before the published time in the winter and about an hour before the published time of candle lighting in the summer. That's the earliest you can light. Different places that those times are going to vary quite a bit. But that's when you're here in Los Angeles. Um, you can probably Google the earliest time to light candles and get the exact Fagamincha time in any given place. Uh, if you really need it in some other place, or feel free to ask me, I'd be happy to help you find it. Uh, let's do Sandy. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so, what if the candles burned out by the time it's uh, actually lit? Is Your candles should be long enough to be able to burn through into Shabbat, ideally. But if they have, then you can't do anything about it because you can't light candles on Shabbat. If you let, if you're lighting very early. Right? You should give it at least... Most Shabbat candles that you buy and even tea lights that you buy usually have two to three hours at least in them. So you should be fine. What if yes. there's a monster jam on the 405 and all of a sudden you can't get back in time and you're two hours late? Can you still light the candles when you get home? That's a very good question. Um, what happens if you get stuck in a jam? Um, thankfully, it's actually never happened to me before. Um, the solution to that is not to be stuck on the 405 and not to travel to Shabbat. Um, but I do know people that it has happened to. Um, we're right off the 405, our community. So a couple times, we've had people um, walk into Shoal right at candle lighting time. Um, still, you know, and say, I got stuck on the 405. Um, I couldn't make it home for Shabbat, or I couldn't make it to where I was going. Um, so I just looked for the closest shul. Here I am. Um, so we, we've had that a couple times, and I know other people that that's happened to. Um, yeah, we stop wherever we are um, if we need to. Um, and we could spend Shabbat wherever we are, because we're, we're not supposed to drive on Shabbat. Let me, let me take one question at a time. Annette was waiting. If one of your candles goes out, there's nothing you can do on Shabbat because you cannot light it. You just leave it. You don't worry about it. Before candle lighting time. If it goes out before candle lighting time, once you light candles, you've already accepted Shabbat. You cannot relight it um, because the moment we, the moment we light candles, Shabbat begins for the person lighting. Somebody else um, who did not light candles can um, can relight it if they wish. But you're not required to. You don't have to. Carol? Does it matter what you use to light the candle? Very good question. I will get that in just a moment. 
So Earlier you said that it's preferable to light the candles in the room where you're going to dine. Yes. It was my mother's tradition that she lit them on the dining room table. Yes. But then moved them off of the tables to facilitate a family dining experience, but kept them in the room. Is that legit? Good question. Should someone, very good question, should some, can somebody move the candles after they light them? So one of the rules of Shabbat is called mukta, which is that one cannot move things that um, are forbidden to use on Shabbat, including candles, especially lit candles. Um, so it is forbidden to move lit candles um, on Shabbat. Um, and so no, we should not light them and then move them. Um, there was a tradition to light Shabbat candles on the table. My mother always lit Shabbat candles on the table, um, always does, and my mother-in-law does too. Um, many people don't like it. Um, my wife doesn't like it. And so, so you could uh, light it on the side table if you prefer, um, because it can get in the way of the conversation on the table, yes. Um, and it also could be a safety hazard. That's more than what you pass the Yes. Yeah, so you, but you once light lit, you cannot move it. So we also light candles on Yom Tov, which is on Jewish holidays. Um, the Yom Tovs, that is the holidays that we do not work, including the first days of Passover, the last days of Yom Tov of Passover, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the first day of Sukkot, and Shemini Atzeret Simchat Torah. Um, on the first night of Yom Tov, you can, we light candles as we would on Shabbat. It's a different blessing for the Yom Tov, for the holiday. Um, and we, uh, but if you miss lighting before sundown on the holiday, you can light after sundown. Because on Yom Tov, although we do not do most of the work that we don't do on Shabbat, one exception is we can light fire. However, there's a catch. We cannot strike a match. We can only light fire on Yom Tov from an existing flame. So if you have an existing flame before the holiday, you can light the candles even after sundown. If you don't have a pre-existing flame, you cannot light the candles. The second night, Yom Tov outside of Israel is always two days, um, except for Yom Kippur. In Israel, Rosh Hashanah is two days. The second night of Yom Tov, um, we always light not before sundown, but after it is fully dark, which is after three stars are visible. Um, and then we always, because it's Yom Tov, we have to light from a pre-lit flame because we want to be able to light candles on the second day of Yom Tov. We usually keep a 24-hour candle over the first day in order to have a flame from which to light the second day. If you have a pilot on your stove, most people don't have lit pilots on their stove anymore, but if you do, um, then that works just as well. Um, if you leave it on over the holiday. Um, so now, how do we light candles? So, traditionally, we always lit candles made of fire. Those were the only kinds of lights that we had. Um, when electric bulbs were invented, there was some debate as to whether we can fulfill the mitzvah using electric candles or not. Um, because there's some debate about it, um, we should avoid using electric candles. We should ideally use Fire, as has always been done throughout history, uh, Jewish history. However, if you are in a place that you cannot use fire, which for an example would be a hospital, if you're in a hospital on Shabbat, um, then you should not use fire. Fire in hospitals are very, very dangerous because of all the oxygen um, machines that they have there. 
And so um, you should then use electric fire. Some hospitals, like I believe um, um, Cedar Sinai, have a special Shabbat candle room, like a separate room for Shabbat candles. Most hospitals do not, non-Jewish hospitals, and therefore you can light with electric candles um, instead. Other than that, you should always try to light fire. If you are in a hotel room, do not worry about the sprinklers. I do not believe unless, you summon, unless something else catches fire, sprinklers will not go off just from a candle. Yes? Is it okay to blow out the match? Very good question. I'm going to get to that in a moment. So we should light, we can light any kind of candle so long as it's a kind of candle that burns easily. Some of those fancier candles that are made for show or for smell don't actually burn that easily, but it has to be some sort of wax that burns easily. Uh, Ashkenazic Jews traditionally lit wax candles. Many Sephardic Jews would light floating wicks in a bowl of oil. Um, both are fine. Both of those options work. Um, today, you can. there are a number of companies that produce special Shabbat candles and Shabbat nice fancy candlesticks. Um, in Ashkenazic communities, there was a tradition for women to have silver candlesticks um, that they would light. Uh, but you can have, there's all sorts of fancy candlesticks that a person can light. We sell some at the store. Um, and there are also ca- different kinds of candles that you can buy ready for Shabbat candles. You can also use tea lights that can be purchased anywhere. Um, candles should be set up earlier, so you're not rushed, so you don't light too late. Um, in many households, there's a tradition that the husband sets up the candles for their wife to light. Um, you could stri- strike a match and use a lighter to light the candles, but after lighting the candles, when a woman lights Shabbat candles, at that moment, she, the Shabbat begins for her. Even though it's not yet sundown, Shabbat begins the moment you light candles. So as soon as you finish lighting your candles, you cannot put out the match. So you can either have an ashtray or some sort of metal tray or glass tray that you can put the match on and let it go out on its own, or you can give it to somebody else, to your husband or to somebody else there, and let them put it out. So we then, um, after, so we light, strike the match, light the candles, and after lighting the candles, we, the tradition is to move your hands in a circular direction or in three circles to draw in light. So women move their hands three times. And then we cover our eyes while reciting the blessing. Why do we cover our eyes while reciting the blessing? The reason is because generally, every time we do a mitzvah, we always make a blessing before the mitzvah. Before we put on tefillin, we make a blessing. Before you put up a mezuzah, you make a blessing. Before you blow shofar, you make a blessing. Before you shake the lulav, you make a blessing. Before you eat matzah, you make a blessing. Before you do just about any mitzvah, we always make a blessing. However, when we light the candles, rather than making a blessing before we light candles, we make the blessing after we light candles. Because once you make the blessing, it is already Shabbat for you. And so if you make the blessing before you light candles, you can't light the candles anymore. So therefore we make the blessing after we light candles. However, because you're supposed to fulfill the mitzvah after you make the blessing, first make the blessing, then do the mitzvah, we cover our eyes while reciting the blessing, and then as soon as we finish the blessing, take our hands off our eyes, we now can see with the light of the candles, 
And so that we are fulfilling the mitzvah, not of lighting the candles, but of seeing the candles right after having made the blessing. Um, the time when we, after we make the blessing um, is a time to ask for anything that you need, especially it's a time to ask for your spouse, marriage, for your children, and for your family, to ask God um, to help you in anything you need. Um, and um, our sages say it is particularly a time to ask God for nachat, for, um, to be proud of your children, for your children to bring you pride and happiness. It's the greatest thing that a person can ask for. So in 1974, the Rebbe um, began a campaign encouraging us to bring light to the world by making sure that every Jewish woman and girl light Shabbat candles. Uh, back then, it was less common for many women, particularly those that were not Shabbat observant, to light Shabbat candles. And the Rebbe encouraged us to ask everyone to light Shabbat candles, whether they're planning to observe Shabbat or not. Everybody should, make the, should light the Shabbat candles before Shabbat begins. The Rebbe also encouraged that all young girls, from when they're able, from two or three years old, when they're able to talk, should all begin to light Shabbat candles as well. Um, and since then, many, many, tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of Jewish women that otherwise are perhaps not keeping Shabbat began to light candles. And so um, as part of this campaign, they made candles for distribution so that people have ready candles to light on Friday night. Um, here at the JCC, we give out candles. We call them Friday lights, um, which are these little things of candles. It's a set of Four candles, you have two and two, four candles in here, together with a cute little necklace and the instructions and the blessing that we give in these packets for anyone who does not have candles or who's starting, it's kind of a starter kit to learn to light candles. Uh, we give them out at the store, we give them out at events, um, and uh, I brought them here. I would encourage you, um, if you have not yet, if you don't yet light candles every week, take one and start lighting candles. If you do already light candles every week, take one or take more and give them out to your Jewish friends and ask them to start lighting candles every week. Encourage everybody to do it. Um, these candles are sponsored, I should mention, by Asna Kabai, who's uh, been sponsoring all our Shabbat candles for many, many years at the JCC. So... So lighting can Shabbat candles brings light into our home. We mentioned earlier that it brings light, it brings peace into the home. The Zohar tells us, the Zohar is a great Kabbalistic work, tells us that by lighting Shabbat candles, women have a powerful impact on three things. They have a powerful impact on their children, that their children grow up healthy and in a way that will give them nachat, that will give them pride and pleasure. And the same is true not just for children, but for grandchildren and hopefully great-grandchildren that lighting Shabbat candles brings blessings to one's children. Secondly, the Zohar says it brings blessings to one's spouse and marriage, bringing peace into the home and love into the marriage. And for women who have not yet found their bashert, um, it, is, it brings you closer to finding the right one. Um, and the, um, thirdly, the lights of the Shabbat candles bring peace to the entire world. And the Midrash tells us 
that if we keep the lights of Shabbat burning, God will keep the lights of our people burning bright. And so it's really important that everybody light Shabbat candles at the right time every week. Um, please take a, um, take a starter kit if you can. And um, please, um, if you haven't yet started lighting, start lighting this coming Friday. Um, and reach out to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Encourage them to light. You can give them a starter kit as well so that they start lighting Shabbat candles too.